these incredible words tonight. And we pray that you would continue to take us into the depths of them. And the key that they are to understanding what is going on in the world today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week I began by telling you that we were going to try and finish our study of these words of the Lord Jesus. Um, I was going to say, pretend like that is not up there yet. But these words are so important. They're so important in the understanding of the times in which we're living that it's hard to get away from them. There's so many examples of how we have not continued in the Word of God, and because of that, this nation doesn't know the truth. This nation has believed a lie, and we're losing our freedom. We saw an example of this in Maine this week, when a man went into a bowling alley in a bar and he shot and killed 18 people, injured 13 others. And immediately what you hear are Biden and the Democrats using this tragedy to promote their gun control agenda. I was very encouraged by an interview that Sean Hannity had with the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. In fact, it's been encouraging to hear several things that he said. When asked about his worldview, for example, his answer was, read the Bible. That's my worldview. And in this interview, when Speaker Johnson was asked about this shooting, he said, at the end of the day, the problem is the human heart. It's not guns. It's not the weapons. How refreshing. The problem is the human heart. That worldview, folks, comes from the Word of God. It comes from Jeremiah 17 and verse 9, verse that we talked about this morning. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? God knows the depths of the deceit and the wickedness of the human heart. And he says in Mark 7 and verse 21, For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed murders. Murders. Murder is in the heart. It's not in a gun or a knife or any other weapon. Murder is in the heart. But because this nation has not continued in the word of God, then we have left this truth and we believe the lie that the gun is the problem. As stated by press secretary, deputy press secretary, and senior communications advisor to President Biden, Andrew Bates, he said, quote, we have, we absolutely reject the offensive accusation that gun crime is uniquely high in the United States because of Americans' hearts. Absolutely reject that offensive accusation. Now, why is that offensive? Because it means that man is not basically good. Speaker Johnson's statement 
confirms the truth of the Bible that man is not basically good. He's basically evil. But that's what is offensive to Biden and his White House. That's what they're rejecting, that truth. They believe that man is basically good, and therefore he doesn't need a Savior because man is perfectible, man is self-sufficient, man is the measure of all things. Mr. Bates is just stating the belief of secular humanism. And for the Speaker of the House of Representatives to suggest otherwise, that's highly offensive to these people because it is an attack on their religion, the religion of humanism. Bates then goes on to say this, gun violence is now the main reason that Americans, American children's hearts stop beating. Not cancer, not car accidents, gun violence. Well, that's a lie. That's a lie. And I'll tell you where he got it. You won't be surprised. He got it from a CNN story. CNN published a report on October 3rd, and this was the headline. More than 1,300 children and teens have been killed by guns so far this year. I want to tell you something, folks. That number is dwarfed by the nearly 1,600 babies whose hearts stop beating because of abortion every day in this country. 1,300 children and teens who stop, whose hearts are stopped by guns through the first nine months of this year can't compare to the 436,800 children whose hearts have been stopped by abortion. But they don't think about that because to them, those aren't children. They're embryos, they're fetuses, they're blobs of tissue. And they believe that because they, they, they believe it because they haven't continued in the Word of God. The Word of God that teaches us, as we saw last week, that life begins at conception. When God breathes into every child's nostrils the breath of life, and that child becomes a living soul. And so because they believe a lie, they're able to promote the lie that guns are the problem. And then give these lying statistics to support their lie. That gun violence is now the main reason that American children's hearts stop beating. Not cancer, nor, not car accidents. Gun violence. So they can appeal to the emotions of the American people for the need to get rid of the Second Amendment and take away the freedom of law-abiding citizens like you and me to keep and bear firearms. And all of this goes back to the people of this nation not continuing in the Word of God. And that goes back to the churches, fundamental churches that are not continuing in and teaching this book because they're being transitioned away from it. And so the principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world use this ignorance to lie and deceive. 
as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety for the purpose of taking away freedom. Another example of this nation not continuing in the word of God and not knowing the truth and believing a lie is the nation of Israel and its land. And that lie is being used to take away the freedom, the freedom of the people of Israel. I'd like for you to turn back to Genesis chapter 12, if you will. Genesis chapter 12. Look at verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Now look at the middle of verse 5. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Sikkim, unto the plain of Moreh. And the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Here God tells Abraham that he is going, first of all, to show him the land. And then he tells him that he's going to give him this land. Now look at chapter 13. Just turn the page and look at chapter 13 and verse 14. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. Notice those words. Here the Lord shows Abram the land. As far as he can look. Just as far as he can see, north and south and east and west. Now look at chapter 15 and verse 18. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land. Please notice that. It is an accomplished fact. In the mind of God, I have given thee this land. Now notice these next words. From the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Here we have an example of the unfolding revelation of the word of God. In Genesis 12, 7, the Lord tells Abraham that he's going to give him this land. In chapter 13 and verse 14, the Lord tells Abram to look in every direction 
and that as far as he can see, that's the land that he's going to give Abram and his seed forever. And then here in chapter 15, the Lord gives Abram some boundaries of the land that he's given to him. He gives Abram the eastern and western boundaries of the land. The Euphrates River will be the eastern boundary, and the Nile River will be part of the western boundary. But before we leave this 15th chapter, there's something that's very important to notice. In verses 19 through 21, the Lord gives the names of the people's who are now inhabiting these lands. And these are wicked people. Wicked people. And we get an idea of something of the depth of their wickedness in Leviticus chapter 18. We don't really have time to turn there. But in Leviticus chapter 18 and verse 4, the Lord told His people, that after the doings of the land of Egypt, wherein ye dwelt, shall ye not do. And after the doings of the land of Canaan, whither I bring you, ye shall not do. Neither shall ye walk in their ordinances. And then from Leviticus chapter 18 and verse 6 through verse 20, The Lord details the sexual immorality, the unbounded immorality of all these people that we're reading about here. What we read about there was going on here. In verse 21 of Leviticus chapter 18, he tells of their worship of Molech. He tells of how they passed their children through the fire and sacrifice to Molech. And he he talks about how they profane the name of the Lord. You can read about these people in Romans chapter 1 when they knew God. They, They did not honor Him as God. That they were turned to their own imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened and professing themselves to to be wise, they became fools. And then in verse 22 and 23 of Leviticus 18, we learn that homosexuality and bestiality, all of these sexual perversions were taking place in these lands, in the people of these lands. And that's confirmed again by verse 24 of that chapter, where the Lord says, Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things, For in all these, the nations are defiled, which I cast out before you. And then verse 27 says, For all these abominations have the men of the land done, which were before you. Which were before you. So all of the things that we read about, these perversions that we read about in Leviticus chapter 18, those things are going on here now among these people that we read about in verses 19 through 21. Then listen carefully now to Leviticus 18 and verse 25. And the land is defiled 
by these people here in verses 19 and 20 and 21 that committed all these abominations. And the land is defiled. Therefore, I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it. Now, here's a question. Why didn't the Lord just go ahead and visit the iniquity of these people? Right here. And give the land to Abram. Why didn't he just do that right then? He could have. He could have wiped those people out and said, Abram, here's the land. It's yours. Take possession of it. The answer is here in verse 16. Well, let's read it, verse 15. God tells Abram, And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation, they, they shall come hither again. Now notice these words. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. Please notice those words. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. The reason that the Lord did not visit the iniquity of these people right then is because their iniquity wasn't full. And this gap of time between Genesis chapter 15 and Joshua chapter 1, when Israel began the conquest of the land of Canaan, is 460 years. Now I want you to think about something. God delayed... His people taking possession of the land that he had given them for 460 years. And the reason he did it is to give these people in verses 19 through 21 space to repent. Space to repent. That's what it means that their iniquity was not yet full. The Lord was not ready to destroy them. The Lord was not ready yet to bring judgment upon them because He is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to the truth. We look at that and we think as we consider these things. How could these people in in the verses here, how could they have rejected the mercy and the grace of God for all of those years? Well, the question is, how can you? If you're lost tonight, how could you have rejected the same mercy and grace of God for all the years of your life? But when the iniquity of these people was full when God's dealings with them in mercy were finished, when He had done all that He could do, all that was left was the judgment of God. And that's true of you if you're lost tonight. If you continue on in your sin, when your iniquity is full, when you've trampled under your feet the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you've despised the spirit of grace that leads you to repentance, when you've done that for the last time, 
then what awaits you is the judgment of God. Now here's the question. When will your iniquity be full? These people didn't know when their iniquity was going to be full. When will your iniquity be full? Where's the impossible line that when it's crossed, you cannot be renewed unto repentance? Where is that line? Is it drawn out somewhere, a big red stripe? No. No, it's not. You see, you don't know. You don't know. And so that's why the Bible says today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Today, if you hear his voice, humble your heart. Humble your heart and repent of your sin. And trust the Lord Jesus to be your Savior. Now somebody says, well, what's this got to do with the map? Well, this is what it's got to do with it. You can't read this 16th verse without seeing the message of the love of God for sinners. That's what this book is all about. And it's critical to see that God loved the people of Canaan. He could have destroyed them right here and given the land to Abram. But God gave them 460 years to repent and be saved. But they would not. They would not. So God gives this land to Abraham and to his seed. And he gives it to them for an everlasting possession. In the book of Joshua, when Israel takes possession of this land 3,500 years ago, they become the indigenous people of the land, if you will, with the title deed for this land. The title deed that's given to them by God himself. Now, I'd like for you to turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 11. Deuteronomy chapter 11. Look at verse 24. The Lord says, Every place whereon the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours. From the wilderness and Lebanon, from the river, the river Euphrates, even unto the uttermost sea shall be your coast. Here we read about more boundaries. We read about an eastern boundary and a western boundary over back in the book of Genesis. So here we're reading about more boundaries of the land that God is giving to Abraham and his seed. For a possession forever. The wilderness and Lebanon from the river, the river Euphrates, even unto the uttermost sea shall be your coast. Now turn over a few pages to Joshua chapter 1. 
Joshua chapter 1. And let's read at verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. The Lord is talking to Joshua. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. Verse 4. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. Now, we have all the boundaries of the land that God gave Abraham and his seed forever. Now you can look at this. I know you haven't been looking at it. All right. The land goes from the river of Egypt, okay? That's the Nile River, the river of Egypt. Unto the great river, the river Euphrates, okay? This is the Euphrates River. And the head of it, the headwaters begin, well, you can't, it's not labeled here, but the headwaters of it begin in Turkey, where the, um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but the Karasu River and the Murat River come together and they form the Euphrates River. So here's this boundary right here. All right, then from the wilderness, that's the wilderness right here, this boundary. And then this Lebanon, this Lebanon, that's a boundary. Unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There is the great sea right here, the Mediterranean Sea. And this is the coast of the nation of Israel. This is the land that God gave to Abraham and to his seed after him for an everlasting possession. Now, we know some history. We know some biblical history. We know some secular history. From biblical history, we know that when Israel came into the land, they did not obey the command of the Lord. Uh, again, I'm not going to ask you to turn to these verses, but I'll read them to you. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, beginning in verse 1, Moses told the people, the Lord told him, when the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it, and hath cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. Remember, many of those nations were listed back there in Genesis chapter 
uh, uh, 15. Seven nations greater and mightier than thou. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 16. But of the cities of these people, which the Lord thy God doth give thee for an inheritance, thou shalt save alive nothing that breatheth, but thou shalt utterly destroy them, namely the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee. And why? That they teach you not to do after all their abominations, which they have done unto their gods, so should ye sin against the Lord your God. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 1. These are the statutes and judgments which ye shall observe to do in the land which the Lord God of thy fathers giveth thee to possess it all the days that ye live upon the earth. Ye shall utterly destroy all the places wherein the nations which ye shall possess serve their gods upon the high mountains and upon the hills and under every green tree. Well, then you come to Judges chapter 1, and what you find is that not only did the children of Israel not utterly destroy the inhabitants of the land, they did not drive them out. They tried to peacefully coexist with them. The children of Israel, as a result, did not occupy the land that the Lord gave them. Um, Except, except, Dr. Henry Morris points this out. They did for a time under David. They did for a time under David as we read about it in, in 1 Chronicles 18 uh, verses 1 through 3. David went about to establish, we read there, his dominion by the river Euphrates. And so for that brief period of time, the children of Israel, they did encompass this land. And Solomon, I believe, would have enjoyed rule over that dominion because that was the height of the glory of the nation of Israel. And Solomon is a type of the coming uh, Lord Jesus Christ, when he will rule and reign over all the earth, Christ in his glory. But you remember what happened after Solomon. The land was divided. It was divided. And Israel, the ten northern tribes, were eventually taken captive by the Assyrians. And then Judah the two southern tribes were taken captive by the Babylonians. After 70 years, the Jews returned to Jerusalem under the command of Artaxerxes. We read about his command, uh, the prophecy uh, of his command in Daniel chapter 9, the command to restore and to build Jerusalem. The walls shall be built again. And the wall is built. And then under Cyrus, just as the Lord had prophesied, 
Under Cyrus the Persian, the temple is rebuilt. But then the Persians are replaced in uh, the world power scheme by, the, uh, by Greece under Alexander the Great. And then come the Romans. And in 70 AD, Jerusalem is destroyed and the Jews are scattered among the nations of the earth. Now, that's just a very quick summary of centuries-long history. But here's the point that is so critical. God removed the people from the land. He did it because of their sin and rebellion, just exactly as he told them he would. In Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 63, we read, And it shall come to pass, God told his people, And it shall come to pass that as the Lord rejoiced over you to do you good and to multiply you, so the Lord will rejoice over you to destroy you and to bring you to naught. That is, if they didn't follow his commandments. And ye shall be plucked from off the land, whither thou goest to possess it. And the Lord shall scatter thee among all people from the one end of the earth even unto the other. And there thou shalt serve other gods which neither thou nor their fathers, thy fathers have known, even wood and stone. And that's exactly what happened. But here's the point. God removed the people from the land. But God never removed the land of Israel from the possession of the Jews. He never did that. And the reason is because he gave them this land for an everlasting possession. Benjamin Netanyahu, who we need to pray for, by the way. He is a man who is under constant attack in the nation of Israel. But this is what he said. It is not the Jews who usurp the land from the Arabs, but the Arabs who usurp the land from the Jews. The Jews are the original natives. The Arabs, the colonialists. He's exactly right. And this history from the Word of God proves that. And if this nation, folks, had continued in the word of God, we would have known this truth. We would have known this truth. And and we would have never, ever encouraged Israel to give up even one square inch of the land that God gave them. Now, right now, they're only in possession of a small part of it, right in here, is, is what they're in possession of. It's just such a small part that they've been confined to compared to what the Lord has given them and compared to what they are going to enter into in a day in the not-too-distant future. And we certainly... If we had continued in the Word of God and we understand the truth of this, 
we, we would not be promoting this two-state solution that you hear about all the time. You hear it from former President Obama. You hear it from Joe Biden. This two-state solution. Mark Levin says, and I think he's exactly right. He's a Jew, by the way. A two-state solution is the final solution for Israel. We just saw an example. On October the 7th, in Gaza. Now, Gaza's not on here, but it is right down in this, this area right in here. A little strip of land. That's very well said, George. It's right this area between the green and the brown. It's a small area. It has Egypt as a border to it. It has Israel as a border to it. And then it has the sea as a border to it. Israel had control of the land of Gaza. They got control of it in the 67 war. They gave it to the Palestinians in 2005. We've got to talk about the Palestinians. We just don't have time to talk about them tonight. Well, we just saw on October the 7th what this two-state solution does. It gives these people a platform from which to launch their attacks against Israel. To take Israel and remove them from the face of the earth. We don't have time to look at Psalm 83. Read it. Read about the people who want to remove Israel from the face of the earth. This is the two-state solution. And it's what happens when Israel gives up the land that God gave them. It's what happens when they give it back to their enemies who are also the enemies of the God of heaven. This, this to me is just an amazing thing. No, yeah, there we go. What the land of Israel is, what God has given to them. This is the promised land. This is the land that they're going to control one day. And it brings us back to the words of the Lord Jesus and why they're so critical to our understanding of the world in which we're living. If ye continue in my word, ye shall know the truth. And this is the truth. This is the truth that came right out of the book from God who cannot lie. If ye continue in my word, oh, that this book had influenced our foreign policy. Because God's, remember, well, we didn't read it. <laughs> Lord willing, we're going to read this next week. We're going to think about, Lord willing, next week, the Lord doesn't change my mind or come back. We're going to think about why we ought to love the Jews. Why we ought to love and embrace the Jews. He says, if you continue in my word, you'll know this. You'll understand this. You'll understand more than the, the diplomats. Continue in my word. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That's what we need to continue in. This is what we need to proclaim without apology, without compromise. The truth of his word.
This is how we understand the times. This is how we can be like the children of Issachar who had an understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do or to know what God's people ought to do in this hour. May the Lord help us to do that. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that if we continue in it, we'll know the truth and the truth will make us free. We thank you that we can know exactly what's going on in the world, not by watching the news, but by reading your word. It's right up to date. We pray that you would help us to do that. We pray that we would be people of the book. We pray that, pray that we would be those who give out your word. Tell people the truth. We pray that you would continue to bless this church and this school to that end. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.